Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. It's Wednesday, July 20th, 2022. So it's a slow news day today. So I'm going to be talking a little bit about hyperbole and the use of gaslighting to control behavior and thought. Now, there are a few headlines coming up. Jose Alba, you know, the bodega worker who stabbed the guy that was trying to attack him and was charged with murder. Well, his charges were dropped. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about him. And also, Fauci's announcement of resignation, which then he uh, walked back. And then Leah Thomas, uh, the transgender NCAA swimmer, was named Woman of the Year. So we're gonna be talking about all that stuff. Get into it right now. All right, so this is a headline from the Chicago Tribune. Monkeypox concern grows as virus spreads in Chicago. They need to get loud about this. Now, there is a way to control how you feel and how you digest information and what your behavior is going to be subsequently. So we all knew they've been screaming monkeypox, and even uh, Bill Gates announced that um, smallpox was going to, we're going to have a pandemic of smallpox coming up. And so they, they're talking about monkeypox and uh, trying to revive COVID as well. And here, uh, the lead from the Chicago Tribune starts out by saying, Chicago public health officials reported 173 monkeypox cases on Monday, up from 105 last week. And with vaccines scarce and hard to find, alarm is growing among doctors and those in the gay community that the city is not doing enough to address the spread. So apparently, like AIDS, uh, this is being transmitted sexually. Um, amongst, particularly amongst the gay community. Now, any disease is is worth concern, obviously, and if it's spread is worth concern. But my point is what I'm trying to make is that they're trying to scare you into the place you were when they first announced uh, about the coronavirus. Now, the coronavirus is... Is, a, is an issue, um, only in the sense that it was a manufactured virus uh, that was released or that escaped and spread around the world. And the reason it's troubling because it's a um, manufactured virus is because um, they a chimeric virus is its gain of function. So they actually alter it using CRISPR and genetics to make it more contagious and more dangerous. And who knows what the dangers, the underlying dangers are of a manufactured virus. That's the reality of, of it all. When I'm talking about hyperbole, 
The definition of hyperbole here from Merriam-Webster is extravagant exaggeration. And what they do is they use extravagant exaggerations through hyperbole. Hyperbole is a figure of speech. This is from literarydevices.com, excuse me, .net. Hyperbole is a figure of speech and a literary device that creates heightened effect through deliberate exaggeration. Hyperbole is often boldly overstated or exaggerated claim or statement that adds emphasis without the attention of being literally true. However, they've turned that on its head, unlike rhetoric, they've turned it on its head and said, well, we believe our wild, exaggerated claims are true, and if you speak to the contrary, we are going to gaslight you. So what they do is they make an exaggerated claim and you go, well, that's ridiculous. And they go, well, you aren't connected to reality because you're not believing our exaggerated claim. So this is from businessjargon.com. Psychological factors influencing consumer behavior. The psychological factors are the factors that talk about the psychology of an individual that drive his actions to seek satisfaction. And some of the psychological factors are motivation, perception, learning, how you learn and how, what, how you learn about certain subjects that change your attitudes and beliefs. Now Forbes has an article here, which psychological and biological factors influence gender identity? What causes a person to be transgender? You might as well ask the question, what causes a person to be agender? These questions are the exact same thing. If you are a cisgender person wanting to understand what causes a person to be transgender, then you ask yourself, what causes me to identify as the gender I am? Now, this is a, a crazy article. Um, I don't question the gender I am because I was born um, a man and I have a penis. Now, if I feel like I'm something different, I understand that's a, that is a subjective belief. An objective belief or reality has to do with relation. And so you and three other people decide what reality is or another person. You yourself subjectively don't decide what reality is. And that's the problem with gender. But you have biological and psychological influences. Like I always say, you're under biological and psychological attack consistently and this is what I'm trying to explain how overt and covertly you're, you're under attack. And your perception uh, is always being bombarded with things that they want you to believe. Like in journalism, the big headlines and the stories they put on the front page are what, you, what the, the publishing company wants you to read. I learned from an early age when I read newspapers, I still read newspapers, to read from back to front because it's the buried articles that they put on A8, et cetera, in small print with a small headline are the ones that they're trying to bury so you don't pay much attention to those. Now, this is from Science Direct, biological influence. Any biological influence re related to nutritional levels or needs is therefore exerted on how many calories are consumed once a meal begins in the fate. Challenging behavior this is a related article, Biological Influences on the Development of 
challenging behavior. Biological influences on challenging behavior include genetic, neurological abnormalities, illness, et cetera, et cetera. And they go on to say that your behavior can be influenced biologically, by biological influence, your diet, basically. So you have all these biological and psychological influences coming through your perception, and most of it is hyperbole, and then what they want to do is reinforce their hyperbole with gaslighting. Now, this is from WebMD. Gaslighting is an emotionally abusive strategy that causes someone to question their feelings, thoughts, and sanity. If someone gaslights you, you'll attempt to make they'll attempt to make you question reality. The purpose of gaslighting is to convince you that you can't trust your own thoughts and instincts. Gaslighting from Wikipedia is a colloquialism loosely defined as making someone question their own reality. The expression which derives from the title of the 1944 film Gaslight became popular in the mid-2010s when, after 2000, the turn of the century is a lot, when this a lot, when this sustained psychological attack became uh, really got into, um, I should say, fifth gear or sixth gear, it really started to accelerate on the people, especially the people of the West. The term gaslight also used to describe a person who represents a false narrative to another group or person, thereby leading them to doubt their perceptions and become misled, disoriented, or distressed. Oftentimes, this is for the gaslighter's own benefit. Normally, this dynamic is possible only when the audience is vulnerable, such as in unequal power relationships, or fearful of the losses associated with challenging the false narrative, gaslight is not necessarily malicious or intentional, although in some cases it is, absolutely is. And the dynamic, when the audience is vulnerable, most people are put into a suggestive state, not only by flicker rates, but by pharmaceuticals and even recreational drugs. So from psychological today, psychology today, gaslight is a deciduous form of manipulation and the psychology and uh, psychological control, the victims of gaslighting are deliberately and systematically fed false information through hyperbole that leads them to question what they know to be true often about themselves. They may end up doubting their memory, their perception, and even their sanity. So moving on to the headlines here, uh, this is from the 19th. So we're going back uh, a day or two. Fauci clarifies that he will not retire, but will leave current NIAID director position after nearly 40 years in the top job. Fauci plans to step down. Um, we know this is not to be true because this happens often in power bases where somebody in a powerful position is under a great deal of scrutiny. So he takes a lower position he is relieved of the position or he retires or steps down, but he's put into a position that has less uh, attention and he still wields all the power, but he's not considered the director, so he receives less flack. And that's the same thing with what's happening with Fauci. He's still going to be in charge of building viruses and all this other 
crazy research, this mad science that he's up to, but he'll just be doing it from a less, uh, a lesser position. So the problem with his retirement is that no matter where he is going to be, uh, he might receive less attention and he wants to get out of the spotlight, but he still will be doing his mad, mad experiments. So if, if people didn't see this article, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez fakes being handcuffed after arrest at abortion rights protests. So him and uh, Ilan Omar, him, her, um, was round, uh, AOC was roundly mocked on social media Tuesday after she put her arms behind her back to imitate being handcuffed following her arrest at her pro-abortion demonstration outside the Supreme Court. Again, visual hyperbole. She is exaggerating her arrest. She wasn't handcuffed. She was just being led away, and she put her hands behind her back. And it was obviously, uh, it was obviously decided ahead of time with her and the rest of the squad, Ilan Omar, to coordinate this response. So they both looked like they were being arrested because when you're being led away by a police officer, it isn't nearly as dramatic for the cameras as if you're in handcuffs. And so they broke their handcuff pose to hold up their fist of solidarity. Um, it's, just, it's just ridiculous uh, that they even do this. It's a, just a, a media stunt. So GoFundMe allowed a page for Minneapolis gunman Andrew Sunberg after axing one for the New York City bodega clerk, Jose Alba. So Jose Alba, the bodega clerk that stabbed to death uh, his attacker and originally was charged with murder, wasn't allowed a GoFundMe page. Now, GoFundMe has gone completely woke. They took down pages and confiscate funds from the trucker protest in Canada. They do this all the time to people they don't politically agree with. So here you have a black man, Andrew, Andrew Sunberg, who shot into the apartment of his estranged girlfriend or a, a woman he knew that had children and he shot a gun into her apartment. He's allowed a GoFundMe page for his defense, but Jose Alba was not. So I guess you can uh, assault somebody with a deadly weapon, but you can't kill them or, you know, you get, you won't be allowed to use GoFundMe. So Leah Thomas is, <laughs> Leah Thomas is nominated for the NCAA Women of the Year Award. The swimmer has been cast in the national spotlight this year as the national debate whether transgender athletes should be allowed to compete against cisgender. Um, and this is misspelled, Hill, cisgender, by Brooke, this article by Brooke Midgeton. And she's, so Leah Thomas, we all know that she's a man. Um, she hasn't had bottom surgery and she went through puberty as a man. So she's stronger and shows she's beating all the uh, college women's swimming records. And she's going to be nominated for Woman of the Year, just like um, Rachel Levin was also, who's a transgender person, was also nominated for Woman of the Year. So why, what is this rush to name transgender people 
women of the year when they're actually men. They call themselves women, but calling yourself something doesn't make it so. So this again is hyperbole, and then they back it up with gaslighting, okay? The exaggerated statement is that Leah Thomas is a woman and that she's so much a woman that she needs to be nominated as woman of the year. And then the gaslighting is if you challenge uh, the fact that she's a woman, which clearly she is not, uh, you know, I don't care what your identity is. You could call yourself whatever you want, but biologically you're not. So there's a difference between fact, and this is what I go into all the time about postmodernism, is postmodernism uh, puts forward the subjective over the objective. So in your mind, if you think you're a, a turtle, then you're a turtle, even though all the objective perspective says you're not a turtle. So this is the actual, the psychological assault the psychological attack you're under um, is that they make these hyperbolic claims and then if you question the hyperbole, they will then uh, call you crazy uh, with a sustained attack of gaslighting. And this is just a war on reality and you have to fight against it. What you understand to be true through objective learning is what it is. Leah Thomas is not a woman. She could call herself a woman. If I was in the room with her and she said, would you please call me she or whatever? You know, I try not to insult people, so I would certainly do that. If someone is cordial with me and go, please call me, you know, Napoleon Bonaparte, I'd be like, well, okay, I know you're not Napoleon, but just out of respect, I'd do that to you. But if you say to me that you have to call me Napoleon, I could call you whatever I want. I call you fucking idiot. And that's what I would choose to do. So last headline here, which is worth uh, some concern. This is from The Guardian. One in five US adults condone justified political violence, mega, mega survey fines, whatever that means. A mistrust and alienation for democratic institutions peaks. Researchers explore how willing Americans are to commit violence. One in five adults in the United States, equivalent to about 50 million people, believe that political violence is justified in at least some circumstances, a, a new study finds. The fact of the matter is that most people are unwilling to debate or have an intellect, intellectual discussion or a meaningful discussion about anything, particularly politics. So the fact of the matter is, is that what you believe, um, particularly economically, because there's no moral in politics, it's all economic or social. So there's really no morals in politics. So you think the government should tax more to have more money, to spend more money, or you don't. Or you think we should have more laws or less laws, but... The fact is, is that people believe in political violence now is justified because people don't believe what they believe. I don't believe that to be true. I don't believe in violence. But if you come at me, you're going to be sorry. And I don't mean if you come at me with an intellectual argument or even accusation. But if you come at me with violence, you'll be met with violence. And 
that's an unfortunate state, but that's the reality. That if someone comes at you with violence, what are you gonna do, call 911? Or are you gonna defend yourself? So that's it for today. We'll see you tomorrow. Rudy's Revolution. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Everyone, comment, follow, share this. And follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Get her in minds. We'll see you tomorrow.